Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is April 12th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. Of course, I would like to open it up with our usual panel, and uh, we welcome back Brother Joe, Brother Bob, and Brother Kevin. Welcome back, guys. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I I don't get it. The the last two, I've I've been saying Uptown. That's not good. It's um, happening. You got... uh... You got Billy Joel on your mind. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a New York state of mind, right? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. I'm looking to get out, actually. Um, but <laughs> anyway, that's another story. But and anyway, uh, gentlemen, how was your week? Go ahead, uh, Joe. We'll start with you. I had a good week. It was a busy week, and um, time's going really fast. Um, we'll put lists of things we have to do. Um, I catch myself getting caught up as far as, um, prayer time and feeling rushed at times. Um, so I really try to put the brakes on the world as much as I can, but it always tries to, uh, creep in. So I've been working on that. Um, being busy is good, uh, but not paying attention, is it? So, um, you know, there's been moments when, um, I feel closer to God than others, but, I think that um, it's anticipated that we feel this way at times, um, but knowing that he's always there to listen and understanding when we show up, even in small ways, whether it be walking through a store and having a conversation with him and the father quickly about, you know, things going on in your life. I think he appreciates that more than we understand. Um, you know, Jesus didn't, you know, spe- specify a time. He said, walk with me. And, um, you know, I take that literally. And I think a lot more people do it than we understand because um, it's natural. Um, you know, and that's something I've been doing since uh, I was very young, even before I understood the real story um, of Jesus and creation and the path that we're heading down. So um, all glory be to God for that because, you know, he planted that seed in my heart and um, he's always there. So. I've been trying to focus more on that. Just keep walking with the Father and Jesus, and um, the world. You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, as we know. So all we can do is walk through that fire. And days, some days are better than others, and we all have houses or places we have to take care of. So um, as long as you make a little bit of time, I think, uh, I think, I think it does a lot for the kingdom. Very good, Kevin. How was your week? Oh, it was good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on this week about um, about uh, watching the water, right? And uh, some mosquitoes in California and Florida, some genetically modified ones. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of us who have any kind of uh, allergies are experiencing the, the nice spring pollen <laughs> in the air. Um <laughs> And uh, let's see what else was uh, how alien hybrids is was was a big topic this week on a bunch of different mm-hmm. channels. So um, yeah, it was once again a great uh, a great news week for prophecy and uh, the times that we're living in. So 
definitely not no lack of things to watch. I mean, deception is a common thread that we talk about here on this channel. Um, shouldn't be surprising to anybody considering Jesus was like, oh, yeah, and speaking of the end times, uh, do, do not be deceived. <laughs> you know, it's like, do not be deceived. It's always the first first thing is like, you know, hey, there's going to be a lot of deception that's going on and don't be deceived. And I think that's really the key, right? I mean, uh, you know, we're just we're focused. We're focused on Jesus. We're focused on on his coming. We're focused on, um, you know, leading people to Christ. I mean, we're also focused on what's going on around us so that we don't get, uh, you know, blindsided by something. And uh, yeah, it's just yet another great week and um we're getting closer and closer to uh to meeting our lord in the air so amen to that amen amen because that'd be me right <laughs> well i'm uh what are we all looking forward to this weekend resurrection sunday yeah um i don't know this passover is a sunday right i don't know um uh, it's, uh, that starts at the sunday. Uh, i know the world's so celebrating praying. it this sunday mm-hmm. Are they you know, celebrating it late again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you know what? They're celebrating Jesus. You know, what's, what's great was, like, this week, very busy, as usual, working on my uh, video I have coming out. Hopefully, I have it done by this Friday. I want to release it by Good Friday. And it's called The Seven Reasons Why the Tribulation Begins in 2022. Okay. And there was so much information in there, and I, it was so hard not the rabbit trail. That I couldn't, I try to keep it under 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, but there's so much information. And it was awesome is the Lord showed me some things as I'm going through all some of my older stuff and showed me some new things that I'd never talked about before that I think that I think are really good uh, speculation points about the rapture resurrection this year I and mean, tribulation this year. But I tell you what, um, one thing I want to mention is, um, you know, my sons, they're, they're in public schools, okay. And he told me that, hey, uh, I got Friday off this week, both of them. And you know what? I said to myself, you know, and I actually I told him, I said, uh, that you know, isn't that great that the public schools are still honoring Jesus Christ with giving the kids Good Friday off? Hmm. You know, I don't think they realize what they're doing, but hey, everybody has off for Good Friday for Jesus when he died on the cross. You know, and they're getting the day off from school. I'm pretty sure eventually the public schools want to change that. You know, we we shouldn't have it off for that day, you know. But in the meantime, they do get it off. So I think, um, you know, the gospel is hanging on by a thread here. Um, We're almost done, you know, and just praying for a strong finish. And uh, right now, uh, speaking of strong finishes, Feed My Sheep Today, we are seeing a big, uh, huge uptick in India now. First was Kenya. Kenya is still not even cooling down. It's still... But uh, now, it's, now it's India. Uh, doors open and things things got moved around. Some missionaries and we're able to get into some areas now. You know, militias leave and these areas become open now. And then they're they're contacting me and said, "What can we do?" I was like, "Hey, we got money here. We're gonna send it to you now, and we're gonna get this work done." And I told them, "You know what? Tell everybody. Tell everybody going forward that uh, the the theme is finish strong." Finish strong now. Nice. There's a lot of stuff happening this year. A lot of high watches for the spring and summer and the fall. I mean, come on. We're heading towards the beginning of another seven-year Shemitah cycle. I just watched a video of um, Pastor uh, Mark Bills today. 
you know, and he's making that point. Hey, the, the tribulation has to begin at the beginning of a seven-year Shemitah cycle. It has to begin there. And it makes sense to me, absolute 100% sense to me. The only thing that might not work is, is this not the seventh year of the Shemitah cycle? But here's my thing. I think it is. You know why? Look around. We're, I mean, look what's going on in the Eastern. Now look how uh, everything going on with uh, Russia and going into Ukraine. And, I mean, just it's obvious we're in a Shemitah year. I don't think we have it wrong. I believe we're in a Shemitah year right now, just for how everything's going on around the world right now and how bad this country got within the last, you know, six to eight months since we entered it in September last year. You know, so really excited. Can't wait to see what we're going to talk about tonight because I know there's a lot of folks here in the chat section and uh, everybody's excited about the feast days. Amen. Amen. Yeah, well, Brother Robert couldn't make it to uh, tonight, but uh, hopefully next week um, if we're still here. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay, so, so we have uh, Rafiki from Kenya in the chat there, Bob. So he says, yeah, I see that right here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah we have people from, from all over the world tuning in here. Um, some mm-hmm. of them uh, involved with the with Feed My Sheep today. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, the stuff that's going on around the world, people coming to Christ in all these different countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we tend to focus a lot about what's going on here in the United States, obviously. But, uh, I mean, around the world, people are, are coming to Christ in droves. Um, I mean, that's what uh, crisis will do to people, you know, they'll, they'll be like, who do I, you know, who am I going to turn to? You know, who am I going to trust? Uh, you know, every government in this world has gone crazy. Um, there's no, no exception. I mean, uh, there, I mean, look what's going on in China right now. You got people that are starving, screaming from their balconies. They don't have any food because they're in lockdown and they can't go outside. And then they have a drone that flies by and says, People suppress your need for and want for freedom and your desire for freedom. It's like, well, that's just straight out of like dystopia. You know, I mean, when you think mm-hmm. about it, you get a drone telling you to, to, uh, you know, calm your, your emotions and yourself down and don't think about freedom so much. Um, don't think about, you know, the food that you're not eating and that you're starving. Don't, don't consider that because you're doing it for, for the greater good. Um, and then you get people like, you know, we've talked about Fauci a million times here. You know, this fall, it's coming. You never know. I mean, you know, we, we can experience all these things again. And Bob, from this last video that I watched, this this water video, I mean, the snake bite thing that you had going. <laughs> What's that? The snake bite thing that you were talking about before. If you watch this, uh, you know, watch the water uh, video. I mean, they're talking about snake venom and all kinds of stuff. So you might not be so far off here in terms of like the, the snake, the actual snake uh, bite snake venom stuff i thought that was really interesting um but yeah i mean sure everyone's looking uh right now at uh what you know the 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 spring feasts and um you know if we move past this uh people look be looking to panic to pentecost right i mean that's like next big one and then um and then of course if we go into the summer um, I mean, the fall feast will be looming and who knows what's going to be going on i mean this fall is gonna is lining up to be just Crazy. I'm mean, crazy town uh, mm-hmm. all over the world. So, yeah, interesting times. Yeah. Uh, Mark Belts, I was watching his videos, the recent ones, and, you know, he believes a little bit differently than I do, but I don't disagree with him because I could be wrong. 
You know, none of us have this figured out. So I love people that come in here and they, 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 they show their information, they show their data, you know, and they have a ballpark of maybe when the rapture resurrection will take place, even though it's different from mine, that's great. Hey, I'm not going to have a problem with you until you say one of two things. One, there is no such thing as a rapture resurrection or two, you're not saved by grace, but you got to work for your salvation. Right. When it comes out, you'll cross the line with me. Then I have to correct you. Okay, but if if that's where, but if you stand with rapture, resurrection, especially pre tribulation, and you are saved by grace alone, um, Ephesians two eight and nine. Okay, I am. I would love to hear what people have to say. I, I watch videos on YouTube. People send to me, and I I appreciate when my subscribers send me videos. It's a hey, Bob, you've seen this video yet? And there's some people out there. They only got ten thousand subscribers, but man, <laughs> they're sharp. You know yeah. they're. Great content. I think I sent you a couple of them, Kevin. Yeah. And great perspective, you know. But mm-hmm. it's a thing, though. Here's the thing, though. No, of all the videos and everybody has seen working on this stuff right now that the, the Holy Spirit has uh, ordained to work on these uh, charts and stuff like that, one thing I know for sure, no one's talking about a rapture in 2036. <laughs> 2030. Okay. Even 2027 is pushing it. Okay. It seems like everybody, all, all, all the uh, watchmen right now that are gifted in watching the uh, signs and putting stuff together, and you know, however the Holy Spirit leads them, you know, not one of, not a single one of us has a completely figured out. Not one guy has all the answers. The Holy Spirit is in all of us. We're a big unit. We're a big corporate body. So it's like each of us have a little bit of information, and it's up for, up to us to all bring it together. You know, so it's it's amazing stuff. Um, High watch, high watch for this Passover. High watch for Pentecost. High watch, um, a lot. If you, you would, if you could tell, if you would tell me that the Rapture Resurrection would take place in Passover, I could do a three-hour video why it should take place in Passover. <laughs> That's right. If you told me it would take place at Pentecost, I could do a three-hour video on that. If yep. you told me it's going to take it at trumpets, I could do a ten-hour video. On that. <laughs> That's true. You know, so it's like. Well, well tell, the, tell the audience you know, briefly why why do you, would you say that? I mean, briefly, because fall feast days, right? Feast days, mm-hmm. he does usually does stuff on feast days, right? So yep. that's the reason. Well, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you can make it a case for a God's appointed time, right? A God's appointed time are normally on feast days, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They, they, that's what they are. They're called those appointed times. They are God's feast days. Some people say, oh, wait, those are Jewish feast days. Uh, well, who who created those feast days? Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the Jews. It was it was God. <laughs> I mean, he's the one who said these are the days that you need to set apart and do these things on these days. So they are his feast days. Um, so, I mean, but you can make cases for for a bunch of different reasons. I mean, you can make a case for Passover and that's, you know, uh, that's obviously like the first feast day of the year. And you could say, okay, yeah, that's the, the, you know, that could be the one you can make a case for resurrection. You know, the, the feast of um, uh, mm-hmm. maybe feast of unleavened, unleavened bread might be a tough one, but I mean, first fruits, you could say, you know, Jesus rose on first fruits. He was the first one. And now we're going to have our resurrection on the same day. I mean, Pentecost, mm-hmm. you could say, okay, that was like the conception of the body of Christ when the Holy spirit came and, and we're basically now fulfilling the end of that age of grace by going in a rapture. Um, you could say the, the Feast of Trumpets. I mean, 
there, there's a lot of reasons why you can talk, talk about the Feast of Trumpets. I mean, the idiom is like the day that no man knows the day or hour of. It's the only feast day that's on, that has, that, that's on a, a new moon. So you don't necessarily know when it's going to happen. Um, you got, you know, the, it's called the, the Day of Trumpets. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for that. I mean, you can make a case for Feast of Tabernacles and say, well, that's when, you know, we we tabernacle with Christ in the air. I mean, so there's, you know, the Day of Atonement. You could say for them, sudden destruction comes upon them. But the judgment for us is that we go in the rapture resurrection. So there's a lot of different reasons why you could say all these things point to it. But I mean, I think that's that's the point is that Steve said it himself. He's like, I think the day is unknown. Well, I mean, no truer statement has been made than that. Let's be honest, because I don't right. think any of us for we, we can't right now state this is going to be the day of the rapture. But we do nope. see people that are looking at prophecy. And a lot of them are saying, like Bob's like Bob just said, they're not saying, you know, I'm thinking 2030, the agenda of 2030 is looking pretty good for that. Or, you know, maybe 30 years from now is good, pretty good. I mean, even the ones who don't like set dates and don't normally even talk about it, they're kind of like looking at this and going, wow. I mean, we are getting close and you can hear it in their voice and in their reflection and the things that they're saying. So I think it's just, you know, common ground now that we're all on common ground here going, you know, th- th- this is getting very close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like what Texas Dream said here. The two cows with the number seven on their heads haven't appeared in America are turning eight years old this September. And the Shemitah starts September 2022. That's the start of the tribulation being the Shemitah. You know, the fact that I do dreams and visions and I do, I watch the charts and I watch the signs in the heavens and stuff like that. But then you got people who track cattle. <laughs> you know, right. the ministries that track cattle and looking for the Lord. And their ministry is tracking these cows. That's right. I don't know nothing about these cows. Okay. But that's isn't that incredible, Joe? It's just it, we, we all play a part, you know, and we all bring something to the table. You know, like for you, for example, Joe, I know you got like a lot of dreams and visions, you know. Yeah, I think um, I've seen the cattle. That's pretty interesting. You know, <clears throat> when we talk about days and stuff like that and, and the dreams, I um, one of the most interesting parts about, uh, you know, studying the Bible and learning more about the, the Jewish holidays and traditions, I had to take myself out of the world I grew up in, which was, you know, coming from, uh, you know, New York and Roman Catholic situation, not learning about their traditions. Now, Jesus was a Hebrew. So when I started learning about all the parables, I was like, it was starting to click when um, I started learning about, like, for example, how a Jewish wedding and feast works, right? Like when a man is marrying a Jewish woman, he goes to prepare a house for him. Then he sends up someone ahead of him to tell and announce his coming, right? So I think the dreams and the Holy Spirit and dwelling in people now is the number one sign. And I think that it's going to be on a day we, it's going to be on a day that none of us have predicted. I don't trust the calendars. I don't trust what's happened with the calendars in Hebrew. I don't trust uh, any of man calendars. So what I'm left with is the parable. And the bridegroom comes. Someone comes ahead of him and announces his coming so she can get ready. So I feel as time goes on, and you know, the dreams are one thing. 
and that's part of the announcement. But I think that we will know when it's coming because the parable Jesus used is, I will tell you when I'm coming. Mm. So how could we deny his word and say he's not going to tell us? Now, how is he going to tell us? That's the fun part, right? Is it just dreams? Is it just visions? Or are we? is the Holy Spirit going to do what it's done to many of us in our dreams and visions, which is it's told us in that very moment, hey, Joe, this is it. It's happening right now. And in the dreams and visions I've had, <clears throat> the Spirit has always said, and I've even said it audible to the person I was walking with in my first rapture dream. I turned and I said, this is it. So I know that when that moment comes, we're going to know. I don't think it's going to be a blink of an eye to where we're just in a room somewhere. I think he's going to put fun into it. And I think the Holy Spirit's going to tell us. I think, Bob, you know, from the studies of dreams, we're going to see signs in the heaven. I feel very strongly there's going to be a, an eclipse. I know that there was an eclipse when Jesus was crucified. And there was a lot of fear, a lot of madness. Um, they couldn't see in front of their hands. It was so dark. So I think the bride will know, will hear the announcement. And the people that hear after the bride are the people that aren't the bride. So they end up hearing about the wedding later on. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with the parable on this one because I would love to set a date. And in my beginnings of getting these visions, I thought we really could figure out a day. I'm like, you know what? Maybe God would tell the bride. You know, Maybe the Holy Spirit will tell us. But he's not going to tell us the day. He's going to tell us the moment it's coming, in my opinion. Because when the bridegroom shows up, it's a very exciting moment. Like, think about it. The woman has been waiting a year. Most of the time, the bridegroom would go to his father's land, build a house for them on the land, and she'd have to wait and wait. And what are we all doing? We're waiting. Mm. And he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. He's going to come and announce. He'll be announced like a king should be announced or a, a, a groom. And we're going to know. Whether it be 10 minutes, 10 days, we're going to know. We won't know maybe the exact second, but we will at that that moment it happens. I, I don't think we'll know like, hey, at this time. But I can't see him denying us his tradition. So that was that's, you know, learning about the Hebrew traditions um, really solidified my understanding of his coming. And the cattle. Yeah, that stuff I love. Like, that's really cool stuff. Am I there? Can I put my hand on it and see it? No. But I do like um, learning about these things. I do know there's some traditions that follow suit. Um, but the dreams and visions is just a, a glow. You know, that's a that's that's a worldwide uh, warning. Uh, the moon dreams, um, you know, Greg and I were talking before we came on that all these moon dreams are not coincidences. There's uh, there's a reason we're all having them. Um, but we're going to see signs in the heavens. And, and that's guaranteed at this point, because. Bob, I mean, if you do the law of averages with the dreams and moons going back to 20, uh, 2014, 2010, this stuff was not happening in in high volumes in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It just wasn't. No. Books and books were not written on it. And I think, I think the internet came out at the perfect time. I think it came out at the perfect time, at the appointed time. And it's just undeniable. People are having dreams that, you know, don't dream. Um, and it's just, it's too much at this point. It's, it's undeniable. The, the mm -hmm. law of averages is, is just, it's, it's in the number, it's in God's numbers, you know? So that's how I feel. Uh, yeah. That's why I built the, uh, end time edb That's why I built that website because I couldn't handle the volume coming in and be able to get the information out to everybody quick enough. 
So I was like, how can I get this information out to everybody quick enough? Instead of people sending it to me, then I'll make a video. And usually in the video, I can only cover two or three dreams or four, maybe um, at most. But you have this constant influx coming in, and people are missing out on all the information. That's why we built edvforme.org. And that's where you could dump all your dreams in there. You could have a 100 of them. You could put them all in there if you want to take the time to do it. And all of our subscribers can see them all live. And there's like a live feed of dreams and visions. Or yeah. if you could just pick and choose the categories you want. It's great you what know? you do there, Bob, and especially bringing those to to life with your animation. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, yeah so obviously, you can't go cut through all of them, obviously. But, you know, for what you do, I mean, it, it's great. And, I mean, it's inspiring. The music, the background music you use, everything is really, it's very well done, very well done. Bob's got enough material there in those videos to make like, you know, a series, um, you know, 30 minute special, you know, just like, you know, tons of them. I mean, you could do it. You could actually be a really cool program um, to have mm-hmm. if you just put all those videos together because it does bring those those dreams and visions to life when you do those animations. Right. You kind of feel like you're in it, like you're first person, you know, experiencing those those dreams that people are having. Um, yeah, but you're right about the internet. I mean, how we wouldn't be probably knowing much about red heifers and all kinds of stuff, you know, 50 years ago. Um, and the fact that they have like the temple, you know, pieces of the temple, we know about that. We know about the things that they've done, um, all those things. But I mean, all those things are not happening for coincidence. All these things are coinciding together because of the convergence that we've talked about. Um, over the past couple of years here is just, you know, it's that things are lining up and that, you know, everything's pointing to, you know, this general time frame. And I think, you, Bob, you, you, you kind of got the nail on the head with the, um, the Shemitah cycle is like, you know, when is that? And, you know, it, it, is it 2022 to 2029? Well, if so, this is a gigantic year. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is a crucial year. And when you're looking at everything that's coming together and they're like, Oh yeah, there's going to be a couple red heifers. Looks like at least one of them that are going to be ready for sacrifice in six months. Uh, you're like, well, that'd be in 2022. What a coincidence, right? It's just, you know, all these things. That's um, another one. Yeah. And then, um, you know, September 27th being, uh, you know, the, 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 the first day of the Jewish new year that they celebrate. Um, yeah, that's really strange that it's on nine twenty seven. Um, that, you know, next month is going to be like what? It's going to be the 74th year for Israel since 1948, if you're counting there. And that, there, in fact, there's like this lunar eclipse that's going to happen next month, right? Did you see about see that? There's yeah, a lunar, that's going to be on May 15th. May 15th, May 14th, right? May 15th. And It'll you know, the, 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 when it's most total, um, like total eclipse, in central time zone is eleven eleven. <laughs> I thought that wow. was interesting. Here's a here's another eleven for you. You remember how remember I said that the eleventh cycle is yeah. this upcoming September? Well, there's they turn seventy four this year. Seventy four, so seven four equals what? Eleven. Eleven. So how about that? When the and they're, they're when they're the eleventh their eleventh their eleventh seventy fourth, but number eleven also represented there with their anniversary this year. As they go into the eleventh cycle, you know that would. I mean, let's face it. Uh, number eleven is just a very extremely chaotic disorder. Judgment, you know, I talked about that. 
And the fact that, you know, Israel's being surrounded by their enemies, a lot of that narrative going around, and we have a blood moon right on the 14th, 15th, right on Israel's um, anniversary. That's what Texas Dream says. Texas Dream says, blood moon. Yeah. That's what you can't make this stuff up, man. I mean, come on. (laughs) That's right. You know. Yeah, you get the disorder, right? You're saying like the this Shemitah cycle, the 11th cycle, right, since they they became a nation, um, right before, you know, the 12th. So the 11th happens during tribulation, chaos, disorder, right? And Mm -hmm. it has a, you know, foreshadowing from the previous, um, you know, year in that in that previous cycle. And I think you you were saying, Bob, like we are in the last year right now of the 10th cycle. And mm-hmm. that is a lot of foreshadowing of what you see that's going to happen in the uh, in the 11th cycle. It's getting exciting. Right. Yeah. The, whatever happens in the Shemitah cycle, I'm not, not the Shemitah cycle itself, but well, it does. But um, without going into too much detail, whatever happens in the Shemitah year. Uh, like this year we're in right now, it's a mini preview of what the next seven years is going to be like. Historically, that's how it works. Okay. And the fact we're seeing what we're seeing right now, and like I said, it's a watered down mini preview. And well, so basically, you get into the <laughs> actual seven year cycle itself and just dump hot sauce all over it. Well, you know? what are we seeing right now, Bob? We're we're seeing we're seeing like more hot sauce getting poured on every week, which is now we've got like what inflation at eight point five percent, I think, or eight point three. It's over eight percent, right? And Double it's the highest that. since uh, you know nineteen eighty one. So if you're saying that's a foreshadowing of what's to come, getting worse. The inflation is starting to get worse, yeah, and of we're course, at eight and a half you know, one, now. one of those horsemen. Uh, brings on, you know, like econ- major economic inflation and hardship. Um, we just heard in the past month calls about a worldwide famine that's that's coming, right? A worldwide food shortage. Um, a worldwide. Have you heard that? What's what's that? Was the last time you heard some announcement like that? Yeah, seriously. I mean, uh, well, when uh, when when the Jew when the when the Hebrews went to uh, to Egypt, I mean, you know, when is the le- and that's interesting because that was like seven years of feast and seven years of famine, wasn't it, Bob? And you've spoken mm-hmm. about that seven and seven cycle as well. So it's very interesting that we're we're like coming up on the end of this seven years of feast. And that mm-hmm. we're going to start the seven years of famine. And now the clarion calls going out there about worldwide food shortage is coming. Famine, worldwide famine's coming. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody from the president to the World Economic Forum to a bunch of different people are basically saying the same thing, that this is coming. And if that is a foreshadow of, of what's to come starting next year or the year after or so, well, we know how bad that's going to get during the tribulation. Well, the fact that the the um, the the year the seven years of feast, you know what happened in Egypt? It was a it was a slow decline, a slow incline up. It reached a peak halfway through, and then it went back down. People think, "Oh man, we've been the last two years has been horrible." You know, no, we're we've been on the decline. You know, right. it was really good with Trump. A lot of good things are happening. 2017, 2018, in the middle of the cycle, at the tip. But, you know, we went up and we went back down. Oh, we're going down the mountain. 
We're going down the mountain. And we're going down not just to the ground, we're going to a tunnel. <laughs> into the ground. Yeah, you get really <laughs> fast when you go on a roller coaster and you actually get from the highest point and then go underground. I mean, you're really ripping through that that section. So yeah, I mean we but we can all feel it speeding up, right? I mean, we can feel the decline of, of a lot of things speeding up. I mean, we just talked last week about um, Colorado, right? And now you have uh, California um, in regards to like whether, you know, the baby after it's born. Maryland. Um, that's going on there. I mean, you see um, now, the you know, you had the Florida law that passed that um, a lot of people are misrepresenting. But now you have a whole bunch of states that are actually trying to enact laws that are just exactly the opposite of that and saying that you must talk to preschoolers about this. Uh, that just came up today in Maryland. So you're seeing this decline, this precipitous decline really start to move mm-hmm. and go quicker and quicker every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're at a point in which there's no turning back from, uh, at least from in my eyes, and I think in yours as well. Obviously, we are believing that this is going to happen this year, m- most of us anyway. Uh, being the tribulation period, of course, the rapture got to be the rapture first. But th- this is like you know, it can be very surreal for a lot of people. I know we can get on here and talk about this kind of stuff, and we, it comes out pretty fluently you know uh with ease um the thing is you know we have to remember also there's there's a lot of trouble coming on with a lot of people who don't know the lord um there are a lot of people right now who are not in homes i know that joe you mentioned that at the beginning you know we all have houses to be not everybody has a house right now people are you know with inflation rising um the amount of people who are you know just really suffering right now is a tremendous, tremendous amount. We're blessed to be able to stay in our homes right now, be able to communicate with all of you out there uh, on the internet to stream. We have to remember the other people right now who are suffering Mm. because that can happen to us at any moment. I know we are concentrating on getting out of here, but let's not forget there may be some things that we, we may go through uh, just prior to this tribulation kicking off. Um, and I'm not trying to be a downer here. <laughs> I'm trying to encourage, but I'm I'm also trying to be realistic that at the time I'm, I want to make sure that we are constantly in prayer. We're in the word. Um, we're not just, you know, here for entertainment value, entertainment purposes. What's going on is really serious. We talk about this and we, you know, we're excited because we know the Lord's coming back. But obviously the scripture says, you know, you know, that person who talks about tribulation and welcomes this stuff is not in good favor with the Lord. And that's mm-hmm. not what we're doing by any means. That is not what we're doing. And you guys can, can confirm that. Right. And I hope yep. you can, because there's a lot to this that sometimes we don't realize we, we, we have like we're very focused on one thing. But at the same time, there's other people here around us who are suffering, even our brothers and sisters in Christ. And obviously, we all know that. But I just want to keep that, you know, keep it real, keep it understanding that we are doing this um, with good intention. 
this is, you know, this is all good with good intention and to edify up, build, you know, build up the body of Christ. And, you know, those people who can watch this, those people who can participate in all of this, we're blessed. We're blessed to be able to talk about this stuff and, and to God be the glory for all of it. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Go ahead, Joe. It's not an easy time. I know you got something to say. <laughs> you know, I was I was thinking about when you said the eleven eleven. I had um I had two dreams, um, one when I was in New York and one recently here in Florida, and it included when it was an attack dream. But in the beginning mm-hmm. of the dream, um, I was in my house, and my grandfather, who's in his nineties now, was in my living room, and he's declining and has been for some time. Um, Health wise, he's fine. He's just mentally declining as any 90-year-old would, right? So in the dream, I'm in the living room, and he looks at me, and he looks at his watch. Now, my grandfather doesn't wear a watch, hasn't worn a watch in 30, 40 years. And he looks at me, and he says, it's 1145. It's getting late. Then my spirit told me outside. I walked outside with them, my grandparents. And I see a white UFO fly over me. The spirit told me immediately, you're about to be attacked. So I run in the house and I try hiding. And then I hear multiple footsteps coming to get me in the closet. Now, most dreams, I wouldn't have ran, but it was an attack dream. And that's how it works. So I think to myself, 1145. That's 911, the four, the five, 911, right? So the spirit was warning me, hey, this you're about, this 9-11 number, multiple people see it for a reason. We haven't figured it all out yet, but I've seen it dramatically in the past 24 hours, okay? I'm talking about almost four or five times I've seen it on receipts, things like this. So mm-hmm. that's the one dream. When I got to Florida, Bob, I had another dream where I'm in like a university and things are hectic. I'm trying to get out of the university. I go outside. And I'm running outside of the university. And this is the only two dreams I had where God showed me a time. And on the phone, it said 1156. So now we got 11 and 11. Mm-hmm. So these numbers, these numbers, whatever the reason the spirit is showing us, have something to do with something. I'm not going to have a dream about 1156. I can find verses on it. I, I can look at, you know, gematria. But it's signifying something. The 911s, the 1111s. In, in the dream... I was waiting for a ride and the time I looked at the clock was 1156. So these are things the spirit's doing. So, you know, again, it's our job to search them out, try and understand them, but you can see how it played out in two different dreams. The nine 11 is a warning. Hey, I'm coming. In my opinion, I'm coming. People are seeing this number because we associated with nine one one and the day in September me personally, I think it may be a day that Christ was born and they did the ritual on that day because it has something to do with his birth. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, but it, this number alone has been shown, and I've studied this for 10 years. I can show you thousands of examples going back to back to the future and multiple movies where they are showing us this number. So what I'm trying, mm-hmm. what I'm starting to understand is that the enemy has to warn us about things that are coming. For some reason, that's the deal. Um, hmm. And they show us this programming for a reason. So whether it be that it's a warning number 
uh, or the day that Christ was born. I won't know until he tells me. But I do know that the Spirit is showing me and other people these numbers for a reason. So I don't think it's a date necessarily the rapture. Because like I said, I have faith that Christ will send someone to blow the trumpet uh, to warn us when that rap- when he's coming. And that's why people have these dreams. A lot of them hear the trumpet. So that could be a form of the bridegroom coming to announce that he's coming. When Paul talked about it, the last trump, I personally think that has to do with um, the way they they um, they did war. Uh, a lot of the Romans would blow a silver trumpet, and we've spoke about this, to announce the war was over. Um, so there's multiple trumpets used throughout uh, Roman times for many reasons. But... Um, mm-hmm. You know, like when you mentioned the 1111, that dream came to me right away. And I mean, when I look at the phone in the dream, it is this close to my face and the numbers are bold. So like when the spirit does that, it, it means something. You know what I mean? It, it means something. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are having these experiences, just you don't have to dive into it like a maniac, but just pay attention to it. Because if you spend the whole day and the one time you look at the clock and it says that number, you know what the odds of that are? Like it's it's. Does that happen to you too, Bob? I see a lot of 11s. It was weird that I looked at at that lunar eclipse a couple days ago, and I was like, okay, I wonder when it's like, you know, in its strongest totality. And sure enough, it's 11, 11. I'm like, that's that's pretty, just another one of those 11s that popped up, you know. 11, 11, 9, 11. And it's amazing too, Joe, you went into that 9, 11 uh, narrative at 9-11 Eastern time. That's true. People are like, I looked at my clock. Yeah. And it says, <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's, that's again, we're not going to figure it out, but it's a, it, maybe we're on point. Maybe it's a warning and he's just saying, hey, maybe it is my birthday, but it's also a day that they use for the ritual. And listen, in my opinion, the CVD situation in 2020, 2021, that is a ritual. I don't care. It's not just about slamming the economy because they can come up with a thousand excuses to do that. So I feel that they're preparing. I think, I think after that day in September, people's something happened supernaturally, Mm. cognitively, you know, and there's a lot of different theories on this where people remember certain things that are not the same anymore, but something changed in that time. And I noticed an awakening happening at that point. So it's a catch 22 when the enemy does something, God does something too. Right. So from that point on, I think things changed and, you know, they start and keep in mind, that's when the Internet really started booming, too. So, again, the world, they, they do something. God does something. The world became a, a different place to live in after that fear. Well, I, think, yeah. I think we can all we can all recognize that now, you know, 20, 20 plus years later that we look back and, and the world before 9-11 is was a different world. It, it was mm-hmm. there were just it was it was it was more free. It was more just kind of loose. Um, after that, things were started to really clamp and tighten down, like, you know, especially with just any kind of security, um, airports, airplanes, travel, uh, even just like just walking down the street. You just felt like, you know, someone's watching me now. You know, it's just like things changed. And uh, that was a big paradigm shift for the world to go through. And, and I think that we're kind of going through another gigantic one here where the whole world kind of is, uh, focused in one accord to just clamp down control and, and get more control while they can and just seize, seize the opportunity to do it. But, you know, Joe, I'm in the same mind as you, whereas like 
I saw this video called the Bethlehem star years and years ago, and they make a really good case why September the 11th, three BC is the birthday of Christ. And I was looking into it and I was like, well, that's very interesting. And I'm like, let me just count back 260 days and see what that day is. Cause that's like a perfect gestation, right? Is 260 days. And so I look back in 206 days, and sure enough, it's December 25th, 4 BC. And I'm like, could that be the conception date of the Lord, you know, which is Christmas mm-hmm. Day that we call his birthday. But, right. I mean, to God, you are, when you're conceived, you are now, you know, a child of God at that point. So right. uh, it's pretty amazing how that, that actually could have been. And um, what number What number do the towers represent? Right. Like that alone. 11. I, <laughs> yeah, the eleven, and and when, and, when, and when do those towers go down? Shemitah year. Yeah. So yeah. a big change took place in the Shemitah year. Just like another CD big change took place in the Shemitah right, yeah. year seven years later. Right. Wow. So you guys see this narrative now? The rich big one. change shifts the whole world and sets it up for the next seven year period. Right. That happens during the Shemitah year. So we got how many more months until September? You got what? Five, six months. Yeah, so five, five, five and a half months till nine twenty seven, basically. I could I hope we're out of here in June. But I don't want to see what's coming. We're out of here next month. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of it, man. Yeah. Do you, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember when you came to the Lord in terms of dates and in terms of when you were when you're born? Reborn? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the weekend month. I don't remember the exact day. Okay. I remember how I old I was. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, me too. I mean, it was it was an explosive moment. I mean, it really was. I mean, I know some people don't have those those moments, and I'm not going to say you know otherwise. But you know, listen, if you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is incredible because it's significant. It's a significant time for some people, and um, you know, either way, you 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 you're sealed. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit, right? Sure, man. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like it was like a you know, like maybe two or three moments in my life, two especially, but th- maybe even three of like, I can look back and pinpoint that day and go, I, I, I something changed in me that day. Something grew in me that day. I got a new sense of something that day, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, I got, I, I got a new understanding. I got either a new, um, you know, indwelling in with the Holy spirit or refreshing or, a, a, under, a better understanding. And it was kind of like a light bulb went off on certain days. And um, I mean, that is, I got to look back at that and go, that is, that is only supernatural. I mean, you do not have that otherwise, you know, you don't get that through, you know, 60 hours of, of yoga every week. I mean, all of a sudden one day you're like, I got an epiphany and it's just like, no, it doesn't, that doesn't happen. And then, uh, and then like, like-mindedness with other brothers and sisters in Christ and the body of Christ. Like, Hey, you know, I, I thought of this thing and you're like, I thought of that too. And it's like, you know, when you get into those kind of moments, you know, that there's, there's this singular connection that's going through all of us called the Holy spirit and only through him. when he, he speaks these soft little things and quiet things every once in a while, and you pick up on it. And you put all those things together and all of a sudden it's not just one little tiny thing. It becomes this big thing. And you're like, now I know have all this knowledge about all these things. And 
you feel pretty powerful with that knowledge because you do see a lot of people in the, around the world that are just clueless to what's going on. I mean, they'll, they'll just follow anything where the wind blows, right? I mean, they're like, okay, this week I've got my Ukraine emoji. You know, next week it's the uh, ghost gun emoji. I mean, the week after that, it's going to be a mis- flying mis- genetically modified mosquito emoji, you know? So it's just like every week, it's like the emoji of the week. And- I'm seeing a lot of people here with very young ages, seven, eight, nine. Uh, very really? interesting. Yeah. I mean, 13. Uh, this is incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, the Lord that. works, you know, and when he works, that's it. I mean. Accountability age. Yeah. See, that's the thing is like, we do have quite a few people that are like, you know, as soon as they could figure it out, they did. <laughs> and I, I, I guess that's kind of the, the way it was for me as well. It was like really early on, but there were points in my life where I, I, I can look back on, you know, I, I had a different sense of things at, at certain points. And I was like, I became more aware, um, you know, of like, I think really when I was a lot younger, I was kind of like, what's the point of, you know, what, what's the point of not sinning? I mean, I'm already saved, you know, why, why can't I just keep continue to sin? And, you know, it's just like, no, I mean, you know, you, sure you can go, but there are, but there, you're, there are consequences for that. It's not loss of salvation. It's loss of rewards. When you get older, you understand that better. And you're just like, I want more rewards, you know. I don't. I don't want to just sneak in, you know. I, I really don't. And and other people are like, I just want to be the janitor sweeping up the dust on the gold streets. <laughs> well, sure, that's a lot better than the lake of fire. I'll give you that. But once mm-hmm. you're there, you're gonna wish that you didn't have to sweep the streets that you could, you know, party up in the mansions. So I mean, there, you know. Amen. <laughs> yeah, if you're you young kids out there, I tell my sons, you know, you're my sons are thirteen and fourteen. And uh, I say, you know, just pray for people. When you see someone in need, pray for them, okay? Do good deeds and pray for them. No, you're not saved by that work, but you are rewarded for it. You know, it's uh, what Jesus' works gets you into heaven, but your works follow you to heaven. <laughs> they get behind you, okay? And Jesus takes you, all right? You receive the Holy Spirit and you're born again to heaven. Well, that's okay. why you can't rely on your works to, to save you. And, and right. you know, that's if you get well, that wrong, a, then you got a bigger problem because right. it takes you know. a heavenly work to take you to heaven. Exactly. Okay, we, we've been doing works here on the earth, the Old Testament saints. And guess what? It kept them on the earth, it kept them in the belly of the earth, Abraham's bosom. But these were works in the flesh, and they were good works according to God's law. But in order to go to the third heavens before God's throne, that has to be bestowed into you. That has to be put into you by God. Yeah. Okay, there is no righteousness that we can conjure up here on earth to make us good enough to go up there. Okay. Yeah, you know, manufacture a key bomb. Yeah. <laughs> so that has to be bestowed in. The Bible says that there are the righteousness of Christ is imputed into us hmm. when we have faith. So the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit brings us back to life, that holiness, that pureness of God is what delivers us to heaven. There's nothing here that we can do to, you know, make, you know, to take us to heaven. But like I said, all your works do follow you and those works will be sorted out and evaluated by the fire at the Bema seat. Right, Kevin? Sure. They're going to be evaluated there. So this is the great verse too. I mean, it's like the closer you get to him, right? 
the mm-hmm. the more you're going to grieve when you sin. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it goes. And and the more that you get into the Word and you start reading these epistles that Paul talks about, you know, a lot, pretty much a common theme among all these epistles from Paul is kind of like, hey, you, believer, this is what you're supposed to be doing while you run your race, you know? And so a lot of people stop at um, at John. I mean, that's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I know all the stories of Jesus. You know, I, know I, I get all that. And you're like, okay. But then what happens after that? You know, it's like that's when that's when you as a Christian, as a believer, can be like, okay, what now? Now that I believe, now what? And there's so many great books that follow that. And here's a perfect example of that, Ephesians 4.30, this passage. And it, it really says, you know, hey, these are the type of things you should be doing. And when, when you start getting into the word and start getting closer, that's when you start feeling the, the, the grieving of the Holy Spirit inside you when you even consider a sin. And you're like, hmm. And you're like, oh, that, no, you know, and it just, it hits you. And that's when you know that you're, that, that you're really close. I mean, that's, that, that's, and, and, and that's exactly what the Bible says. It says, look, Right. God the Father is not going to prod you and not going to chastise you unless he loves you, okay? He wouldn't do it otherwise. And, and so it's like you you, you got to know that when that happens, that is a good thing. That is you going, okay, I have this relationship and, and my father knows me and I know him. And mm-hmm. when you do something, like just think if you were when you were a child. If you if you had a body cam on you and your dad was watching your body cam, <laughs> you'd be like coming back home going, oh, man, I'm in for it now, you know, because, you know, he's seen it all. And uh, I mean, and the Holy Spirit, when it's when he's inside you, he's feeling it all. You know, he he, he, he knows what you're feeling and he, he, he can say, hey, I I'm going to stop you right there. And that's exactly what you got to do. You got to put it all under the submission of that. And say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay that thought, and it says to, in the Bible to lay all those things daily, right? It just do it daily, and you lay them all down. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you, th- there's nothing like that kind of relationship um, with any human on earth. You just can't not get the same thing. The love and the grace and the mercy of the Father is just it's it's unexplainable because we cannot actually do that. We, no. we, we don't have the ability to, to be perfect like that. But what we can do is we can try, and that's what it says to do. It's like repent. It's like if you do these things, you know, ask for forgiveness and repent. And then you can start working on getting a reward, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff. You don't, you don't want to be there at the Bema seat, Bob, and, like, all your works are being burned up in the fire, and you're just like, man, what's going to happen? Oh, man, I know. Yeah, you, you go to Bema seat. You're not going. God's not going to address your sins because no. you know when He addressed our sins. No. All you watch, you know when your sin. And the person I'm talking to, the camera listening right now, say your name. You know when God addressed your sin is when He looked upon His Son at the cross and when He turned away from Jesus. That's when He addressed your sin. That's when He looked upon your yeah. sin. People don't realize God sees it all at once. Your whole timeline. Okay, He sees it all at once. Okay, that's when he looked at it. That's when he turned away. That's when Jesus says, Father, Father, 
Why have you forsaken me? Because he had to turn away from all that sin. All my sin was on that cross at that moment in time. Kevin's, Greg, Joe's, everybody. All of our sin was on Jesus at that point. The Bible says Jesus went in to forgive us of sins for all sins. All sins. That doesn't mean the ones, okay, ones in the future, you know, it's not going to work out. No. Past, present, and future. So all your sins, everybody, have been dealt with at the cross. Okay, God targeted all that sin and brought all of this wrath down on Christ. All that wrath for our sins. That's when our that's when his wrath came on Jesus. He paid the price Amen. for all of our sins at that cross. He took on God's wrath for your sins and my sins. That's when we received that's when our sins received wrath. Now we're born again of heaven, sealed to the day of redemption, Ephesians 4:30. Okay, so when you go to heaven, no one's going to talk about your sin. You probably won't be able to recall your sin, which I know that's going to be the case. I can't oh, that's remember. That's going to be awesome. Yep. Right. So basically, what's going to follow you? Okay, but you did works for the Lord, but were they works of stone, uh, right. gold, silver, or were they works of wood, hay, and stubble? I tell you what, I like to concentrate on salvations, one way, shape, or form, because you know who, when the Bible talks about in the book of Peter addresses the Jews, the Israelites as stones, living mm-hmm. stones. You know, even the Bible, the book of Ezekiel, I think God refers to Israel as his jewels. Okay, so. Here we are, stones, jewels, gold. Every time God talks about that, he's referring to people. Okay, so if you're focusing on salvation and bringing new people to the body of Christ, okay, that could be, I could be wrong, but I think that has something to do with it. Or if you're praying for people, or, you know, if you're going into warfare for people, but whatever you're doing, you're doing it for other people. You're not putting your money into a building, you're not sweeping a building clean that's going to get burned up in the tribulation. And in fact, you see a parallel when Jesus uh, refers to all those at the end of the tribulation when he says to the ghost and says to the sheep, you know, did you visit these people? And, and when they were in the prison, did you feed them? Did you help them? Did you clothe them? Did you do these things for them? Don't tell me about that building you built over there. Tell me about what you did for me and all these people here. Tell me about what you did for these people, okay? Did you share the good news with them? Tell me about what you did for these people, not that mm-hmm. building. So that could be a parallel, you know. So if you're out there, you want to get some rewards right now, just get out there and do stuff for other people. So Whatever you did to the least of these, you did it to me, right? Right. And, you know, the shameless word. plug, Feed My Sheep Today is a great place to do it, right, Kevin? No, you know, no, great no. place just to put that money out there and, you know, and just uh, we got a lot of – a big explosion happening in India. We can use the help now. There's a, there's so much happening out in India, and that's just the way it is. I've been praying for this. I've been praying for a strong finish. And that's like I said at the beginning of the video. You know, this we have this whole theme of finish strong now. As you feel it going through my spirit, so let's just finish strong. You know, if you, if you can't get out there and do the work yourself, support the people that do. Mm-hmm. Pray for the people that do. Your prayers work and your money works. And the money is not going to work for much longer. But the money does help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you the said, prayers, the cars don't don't pay the gas yeah. doesn't pay for itself, right? I mean, yeah, you're not gonna sit there and pray that gas tank to fill up. You know, you gotta <laughs> you know, it takes money, man. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know what is a miracle? It's like somebody giving a whole bunch of money because they're like, I got a bonus and and you know, here, you know, I, I had, I just felt like God, you know, led me to here so that I could help you out. 
And that money goes and guess what? Fills up, it fills up that tank and people are able to get food and Bibles. And so in some ways, like that is some, that is a miracle. Like how, how Bob, you're able to actually coordinate with people halfway around the world and get somebody a Bible is, is a miracle in itself. I mean, let's be honest. And only because of the day and age in which we live in. Um, and then, you know, so you're, you're using that and the technology advancements and all those things and the connectivity of the world. And people will say, oh, connectivity of the world's terrible and this and that. Okay, it can be, sure. It can be used for evil. But, it, but God can also use it for good. And that's He's where... Nebuchadnezzar. He yeah. used Nebuchadnezzar. He used Nebuchadnezzar. He used a lot of bad things to make good. Let's be honest. So, like, the Internet's terrible. Okay, it's used for evil. Yeah, well, guess what? Guess what we're using right now? Hey, so we're using it for good, and that's that's the key. And, Bob, you know, these people, some of these people are the least of these. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, people that have a little, very little sometimes, and they're looking for food or something, too. And so we're feeding the sheep with with the word, and even sometimes with, uh, you know, with food. So, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It's like, you know, when did we see you? Well, when you did it to these people, that's when you did it to me. And just remember that those works are not going to save you. Okay. They're just, they're, they're, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ and you've given all your money to the poor, <laughs> I mean, those are dead works at that point. Sure, you helped the poor out. Great. But there's always going to be more poor. You didn't help out every single poor person. That's what Jesus would have said. It's like, well, if you if you if you're looking for that in order to get you saved, why didn't you um, feed every single person in the whole world? You know, yeah. I and mean, that more of a burden. Like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know, I gotta I gotta you know feed myself too. Well, right. uh, you know, I well, mean, Jesus more is more of a burden. It becomes What's more that? of a burden, and Jesus. It becomes more of a burden, and Jesus said, yeah. "My yoke is easy, and my burden." Right. Is light. It becomes an impossibility. I mean, that's like the guy who's like, hey, you know, I've, I've lived and, and uh, you know, stayed with the Ten Commandments my entire life. He's like, oh, good for you. Well, can you just give me all your money then? He's like, well, mm, that's where I got to draw the line. You know, it's just like, well, you know, Jesus didn't draw the line at saying, you know, I'm not going to go through with this. It's going to be too painful. I'm just not going to do it. He's like, Lord, he's like, Father, if this cup can pass, then great. If not, well, your will be done. And so he took that on himself and he did that for us. So that's the path to salvation. You accept that is a sacrifice and all your sins are forgiven. You accept that. Guess what? They're gone. They're separated. God no longer sees that. He sees his son and he sees that his son actually has overcome that and that has, has died for that and that those sins are forgiven and they're gone. That's that's the first part. And then after that, uh, you can do all you can do a whole bunch of great works and, and, and get rewarded for those. But I'm telling you, it's the, the, the issue is like what kind of you said earlier, Bob, which is people who are, who are saying who you have problems with two different kinds of people. One, don't accept the, the, the grace, um, you know, by grace through faith. I mean, you, if you do, if you say that I can get saved based on works. That's where you're going to have a big disconnect with, with us here. And then after that, if you start trying to steal away 
our blessed hope. <laughs> We're not going to like that too much. I mean, I got to go through the wrath. All right. Well, guess what? It says that we are not appointed to wrath. And you are? Well, doesn't look like I'm supposed to partake with you. <laughs> so, and yeah. his body already part of the wrath? Didn't his yeah. body already go through the wrath? Well, it, it sure does feel On like the cross. It every day, it doesn't it? It did. It yeah. went through the wrath already. So his body, yeah. the body of Christ, why would it go through it again? Why would True. he put himself through that again? Amen. Yeah, he went through wrath for all sin. I said I said before, he paid the price for all of our sin. That created the covenant of grace. Okay? And what God's going to do with, with Israel going forward. That was God's gift to the world. You know, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. Whoever shall believe it in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay? Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. You know, I mean, come on, folks. You know, how did people, you know, here's, here's something to think about. You know, back before Jesus came, what did they do? They killed a lamb at Passover. Here we are coming towards Passover. Now, back before Jesus came, just pretend you were back then, okay? And you killed that lamb. You and your family had that lamb with you for a year, and then you slaughter it, okay? So it makes it even harder to do. And you slaughter that lamb. Now, this, the job is done, but here's the thing. Now, what do those people do? They had to have faith in the blood of that lamb in order not to go to hell when they died. They had to have faith in that blood. And guess what? It kept them out of hell. All right? They died and went down to the center of the earth in Abraham's bosom. So we know the blood sacrifice works. The whole concept works. God honors that blood. And now we don't do lambs no more either. We don't kill lambs anymore, do we? No. no. Jesus went in for that final blood sacrifice. So if the if the blood of the lamb people having faith in the lamb's blood before Jesus worked, then why don't you think the blood of Jesus won't work now? Hmm. Okay, simple logic, you know. You know, time is this Bob? Time is this Bob? Sense. Is this Bob's common sense? <laughs> this the, you know, it's time for some uptime common sense with Bob. This that is common sense, isn't it? Yeah, and that blood of Jesus Christ. Can now deliver you to heaven. It could take you all the way to heaven. Before the blood of uh, sheep, the blood of goats, the blood of uh, oxen, turtle doves, that just kept you out of hell by a gulf's mm. distance, okay, in Abraham's bosom. But now, but now, <laughs> you know, here we are in the age of grace. Now, if you die, you are saved by grace through faith. And what happens? Your, your spirit doesn't go to the center of the earth. It goes all the way to the through the second heavens all the way to the third heaven where the throne of God is. A oh. place where Satan got kicked out of. Yeah. They, they've been wanting to get back there forever. That's going to be awesome. I mean, it says yeah. that Satan is kicked out be, uh, by the word of the, of the accusers. I mean, that I, mm -hmm. I, I actually believe, Bob, that we are those accusers who are going to accuse Satan right out of heaven. That we're, Because we've overcome. We have overcome him and, and all those things. Oh my gosh! This, who, somebody just said something cool, Greg. Um, what they say? They said. Uh, what they say? Yeah. What they say? Um, why would Christ give his bride to another man, the Antichrist, and then take her back, used and abused? Great that's, common that's, sense. Yeah, that is common that's sense. Doge I mean, dog for you. <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. She she obviously understands the Doge dog. She's got it down. Uh, it's exactly. I mean, these people that want to go through the wrath, they're like, well, we must go through persecution. And it's like, sure, there are different forms of persecution. 
Um, man persecutes people all the time. And Jesus said, they hated me first. They're going to hate you. Okay. Yeah. And guess what, Bob? They hate us. <laughs> they do hate us. We can feel surprise, it. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. We, we do feel the hatred on, for, coming from them. And they, they call us evil and they call, I mean, just actually interesting. I was going to mention this because just this last weekend, just two days ago, um, a born again believer won the the biggest golf tournament um, of the spring. I don't know. I don't think we're allowed to even say it anymore. Um, it's kind of like the other big game that happens in February, early February. But this last tournament, uh, a believer won it, and there were haters. There were haters saying, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to go get a glass of milk with his wife afterwards." And blah 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 blah. Just a bunch of junk, and it's just like. Uh, you know, uh, intolerance after more intolerance. And it's like, but, you know, that kind of intolerance, oh, that's fine. You're, they're allowed to do that all day long. And you can bash, yeah. uh, you know, believers all day long without any, with yes. impunity. Um, but it's, it, they do hate us. Okay. So, yes, we do get persecuted. But you know who we're, who's not going to persecute us, Bob? Our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father is not going to pour out his wrath upon us. Okay. That 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 is, we're not appointed to that. So, I mean, the world's going to have to make a choice. The people who haven't uh, made a choice yet and don't believe, they are going to get one last opportunity during the tribulation in order to do so. And first, um, I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to pull that verse up, Greg. First Thessalonians one ten, and since we're talking about wrath, let me pull up that verse right now. So anybody worried about wrath, about their wrath from the tribulation period or wrath from your sin after you die, was mm. to say, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, look at this right here. Now, this is talking about the tribulation. OK, deliver us from the wrath to come. But look at the word here. It says, which delivered It's past tense. Yeah. Because he died on the cross, paid the price for our sins. It's past tense. We don't pay. We don't go to the bema seat and have our sins dealt with. God doesn't tell us off one more time before he lets us go into heaven. That's not going to work that way. And by the way, it says, and to wait for his son from where? From heaven. And what does 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, where does it say that Jesus comes from? Heaven. He descends yeah, from heaven and he has a has the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and he and and then the those and the dead in Christ rise first and those who are alive and remain, we who are alive and remain are caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. I mean, to wait for His Son from heaven, He raised from the dead long ago, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So we are not here during that wrath. This this verse is a great summary verse for all that, isn't it? Well, mm-hmm. don't forget also this uh, this verse here. Five nine. Five nine. Oh, yeah, five nine. Five nine through ten. God's not appointing us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. We are going to be resurrected. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. We are alive and remain are going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye, and we are going to be harpazo, caught up rapture moved out of here not in this place anymore moved i mean it's where we are not going to we're going to be taken out of here prior to that so if you want to stick around for it you may just get your wish 
God has a, a way to of doing things that you know for people when they want to have something done, you'll give it to them sometimes, uh, even when it's not good for them. So be careful what you wish for in, the, in that respect. That's all I have to say about that. Because listen, I don't know whether or not God is gonna is is going to to keep people here for that purpose or not. I don't know. But what I do know is that through patterns in history. When people have asked for things that aren't good for them, God sometimes gives it to them. So be careful about that. I would not tempt the Lord your God in that respect and say, well, Lord, if you're going to keep me out of the wrath, that's fine. But but I really do think I'm going to go through it, and I think I deserve it. Well, you know, be careful. That's all I have to say. It's like pray that you're worthy to escape all those things that are coming upon the earth. That's a better, uh, I think, mindset to have, in my opinion. See, when I hear that, that's like somebody saying, when I, when I hear the people that say those things about going through the wrath and, um, you know, going through some punishment, if you believe in Christ and to be saved, Jesus said one thing, you have to have faith in me. You have mm-hmm. to believe that I came and died for your sins. Well, if I don't think the taxi cab is coming to pick me up at 9 a.m., I'm not getting dressed and going outside. Yeah, you're not waiting. So I, I fear out of all the things, and, I, and I'll touch on before with the sins, but I fear for that, those people because if you say you believe in Christ, then you know you're not going to go through any wrath because he's a savior, right? So he throws the life life jacket to you and saves you. So then why would you bother believing in him or deny what he said? Because saying you're going through wrath, you're denying and calling him a liar Mm -hmm. because he said that he wouldn't do that. He said that he's our savior and would save us. Now, bad things happen to people all the time, but when it comes to the tribulation, this is a different story. This, this is, he specifically said, have faith upon me and you will get into heaven. The thief on the cross, he got into heaven that day and he mm. only believed for moments and he did no works whatsoever except have faith, right? So these people that say that, I question their salvation. I'll never know until that, that day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you can't, you can't say, oh yeah, I, I, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and he will save me from the wrath. Uh, he's not going to save me from the wrath to come. That's an oxymoron. It's impossible. So, like you said, those people may have to be part of the tribulation saints because you can't have one with the other. Sure. You just can't. No. It's impossible. We talk about it, but we never draw a line. But Jesus oh, yeah. drew a line. He said, for you to get into heaven and for you to be saved, you have to do one thing, just one thing. Believe on me. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. going back to the sin conversation, this is part of what the flesh and the enemy has done to many of us. When I first started my walk with Christ and I had my first vision at 15 years old in a juvenile facility, I didn't know that I was going to go through condemnation and, and have to figure out what the enemy was trying to do. So for young people watching this, you have to realize that it is more of a sin to God to turn from repentance and deny his power of salvation than it is to sin. Sin is hated by God equally across the board. What King David did in his lifetime, 
and the thoughts that you're having that are negative or bad are equal to God. God doesn't care if you murdered somebody or if you lie. It is a sin, okay? The punishments that he may give may be different, but that's not for us to worry about. But you have to realize that the trick is that the devil's the devil's trick is to get you to hate yourself so much because you go through patterns of sin that he wants you to walk away from that repentance. And the more he gets you to stay away from the, the walk with God, the farther away you get. Now, God said, and I'm Greg, I can't remember the, the verse for the life of me. Maybe you do. But he said, I think in Isaiah, that when you're in my hand, you are mine. Those are strong words. When you're saved, you're his forever. Nobody can pluck you out of his hand. Right. I think it's Isaiah 40. It's Isaiah 40, right? 40. Let, me, let me look it up. Yeah, go ahead. And Keep the young people that are just starting their walks with Christ or older people just starting their walks with Christ, you know, we get in this pattern of like, man, I'm so filthy or why did I do this or how could I think that? That's why God got on the cross is because he knew that it was impossible for you to do it on your own. And King David is still going to be King David in Jerusalem. And for those of you that don't know what he did, read the Bible. (laughs) And King David was one of the worst of the worst. And when I first got saved and I had, you know, my vision and Christ saved me, I knew instantly what was going on. But the one thing that wasn't taught to me, and this is before the Internet, this is 1998, was that the enemy will try and get us to turn from Christ in prayer and repentance because he's trying to snatch our rewards and, and, and snatch away our increase, you know, and as long as he can do that, you're not helping the kingdom of God. And even when David was dying, you know, he repented and repented and repented and repented. And that's why God says, you know, when you get here, Joe, you're going to see people that you were like, how is this possible? (laughs) Right. So, for, for the people here that go through those moments, you just have to continue to repent. Like Bob said, when Jesus, and this was taught to me by one of my favorite Bible teachers, when God sees your life, imagine being at a parade. When you're on the parade floor, you can see what's going in front of you. But when you're in the building 30 stories up, you can see the parade from beginning to end. And that's mm-hmm. how God sees your life. So there's nothing I could do when I get in my car or I get into my bed and I pray And I'm thinking about doing something. I like laugh. I'm like, you already know what I'm going to decide. So why are we having this conversation? Like, are you, is he having a good time knowing what, like, I'm trying to figure out what to do. And it's like, I already know, Joe, you just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. If you mess up, you're going to repent. And every day you're still going to thank Jesus because the second you walk away and stop communicating with him, that's what happens with the relationships we have with people on earth. As soon as the texting or the call stop and you don't hear from somebody for a while, how how very little time goes by that it feels like you haven't spoken to them in forever. Yeah, mm, it's true. Uh, and, and I, like, that, I like that. I was going to say, um, bring, I want to bring up a point here about we're talking about people believing in their works and stuff like that. I think there's two different types of Christians. Uh, there are those Christians who believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ. They agree with the concept of Jesus Christ and try to live like Christ. And then you have those Christians that believe in the benefits of the finished works of Jesus Christ for salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay, those who believe that the works he did gives you salvation as a free gift, as the Bible talks about, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Okay, mm-hmm. but 
you got those Christians out there that, you know, they still think I got to do this to sustain my salvation. I got to do this work to gain salvation and to sustain my salvation. I got it. Now I have to live it. If I don't live it, I'm going to lose it. That whole concept. And that's a a lie of the devil. I, I basically, I see those people as those who dance around the fire, but they never get in the fire and get burnt. You know, they never get in there to leave a mark. You know, they just dance around fire. It is a nice fire, but they just don't get in that fire. And I think that's where we see in dreams and visions where people, they, you know, the, that, 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 that camp where they believe in their works, keeping the Sabbath and all this, all these works to try to uh, be a part of the rapture. And they do believe in the rapture, but they don't believe in the gift. If you don't believe in the gift, you can't receive the gift. So you can play at Jesus believer, but until you actually have full faith, until you're actually able to have faith and step out onto that visible bridge like Indiana Jones did, right. you're not gonna be you're not gonna be born again. And when that rapture resurrection takes place, though the Holy Spirit, all of us with the Holy Spirit in us that believe in this gift, all right, we had faith alone for our salvation, that Holy Spirit will finish the work it started originally when we first got saved our spirit. Right. And that work, that finished work, will be the regeneration of our body at that point, or the resurrection if you die before the event takes place. But the thing is, in dreams and visions, you have all these Christians left behind, freaking out. Oh, why was I left behind? Oh, why was I left behind? It's because you were part of the camp that danced around the fire. You didn't get in the fire. You wanted to be savior of Jesus Christ. You want to do the works with Jesus and be co-saviors with Jesus. You're that person when the chef brings a dinner to you that he slaved all day to make that dinner, and you're going to be like, you know what? Give me that season. Give me that season. I'll mix stuff together. I know you almost got it, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit better so it's going to taste good, and then it's going to be a great dish. That's the type of person I'm talking about. That's the type of person I I believe God is offended. If you think you have to add to that wrath he poured out on his son for your salvation. So, it's like an insult. I said, right. yeah. It's an insult. Well, it's like, uh, what, what did he do it for? I mean, it, it's right. like it's in vain. I mean, you know, otherwise, I mean, what's the, what's the point of dying and resurrecting if, uh, if we can do something to affect the salvation? I mean, it, except for faith. I mean, that's, that's all we can do. For those virtue signalers that are like, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm holy. I mean, the Bible says they're, they, they, got, they, they may have an appearance that they are, but they're not. And, you know, the, when you get down to it, I mean, look, at the, the Bible talks about Jesus and, and his coming and saying that people are going to be, you know, it's coming like a thief in the night. He's, 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 there's going to be all these things regarding, like, there's people that are going to be deceived. They're not going to know. It's going to come upon them like a thief. But you children, it's not going to come upon you like a thief. Well, if you're if you're looking for the rapture, uh, and you're you're prepared for it, and you're like, okay, yeah, it could happen. And th- is that going to come upon you like a thief? Because I mean, if the rapture happened to us tonight, all of us would be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. But what about the ones that are looking for it though, Bob? That are like, no, it's got to happen at the end of the tribulation. Or at the the middle of the uh, of the of the tribulation, you know, mid trib people, or you know, when the mm-hmm. you know after the abomination desolation, but before this and that, so a lot of things are going to have have to happen. Well, I have a question then: Who is it coming upon like a thief to? Is it coming upon like a thief to us, 
or is it coming upon a, like a thief to them? <laughs> I mean, they're not ready. They're lo- they're looking for other things to happen. And then they say, oh, all you pre-trib people, you guys are the ones who are in deep trouble losing salvation and, and, and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. We're the ones who are ready. You guys are the ones who are like saying, hold on here. All this stuff has to happen beforehand. So who's it going to come upon like a thief to? Who's actually the ones that are in jeopardy of falling for deception and stuff like that later on? Us? No. We're going to be continuing to wait and wait and wait and see that day approaching. And, and when that day happens, we're going to be ready. But if you're just sitting there going, well, hold on a second here. This can't happen now. Wait a minute. That was a false rapture. That was a fake rapture. You know, they'll have all kinds of different excuses, I'm sure. Because you said, what about the people who are left behind? I've been left behind, Bob. Well, then wait a minute. That wasn't the rapture. That was a fake rapture. That was Project Bluebeam. Or, you know, the, who knows what they'll, they'll come up with a thousand different excuses of why they weren't left behind. They're but the fact is, is guess what? When the rapture happens, and Bob, you're really good about talking about this, which is like, it is a public event. It is a public event. It is a big deal. People will know that the rapture has happened. They sure they might make excuses, but many people will realize, oh my goodness, that actually was the rapture. It happened just like those crazy people, those crazy Bible thumpers said it was going to happen. Well, guess what? It happened. And now I'm in this mess. And now this world's going to be in this mess. And there's going to be people like, well, you know what? I don't care. I hate God anyway and blah, blah, blah. Those are the people that they're talking about that keep on blaspheming God, right? They're the ones who just take the mark, worship the beast, worship the Antichrist, love the new world order system that the beast has got. They'll be all lock, stock, and barreling for that. But then you'll have the other people who are going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those people, every single one of those people that are gone right now, those were all believers in Christ. I know for a fact that they they said they were going to go home one day, and they're gone, and I'm here. So that's the difference between me and them is that I didn't have, I don't have that faith. I gotta find, I gotta get that faith. And that parable you're talking about, Joe, before is like, go get that oil, go get that oil, go. (laughs) You're gonna have to buy, you know, where they buy and sell that. Go find the word somewhere. It's not going to be easy to find the longer the tribulation goes on. Believe me, it's going to get harder. But you got to go find it. If you if you're here and uptime's not on, well, you know that the rapture happened. <laughs> and, and they could they could download the podcast if uh, you know they're still yeah, around. If technology still allows it during that period of time, right? And it hasn't been scraped. Right. I'll make sure it's downloaded. Hey, you want to go into questions now, Greg? It's not a yeah. Why not? Or, let's let's do uh, let's do up. questions. I have keep some your already. Keep your I have somebody. Lip. Yeah, I have some already up. I think I have some from Chester too. Oh well, let's do. Go ahead. Let's let's go through Chester's first. Good old Chester. Ah. I haven't looked at these yet. Is it possible for Putin to be? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but uh, <laughs> to be uh, to uh, no longer walk the earth. Um, you know what? <laughs> I could see why it would happen. It could happen. I, 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 I I'm gonna leave that one alone. Uh, what date and year the millennial reign will begin? My guess, 2029. Uh, what happens during the millennial reign? We work here on Earth to continue uh, prospering the everlasting gospel and rebuild the Earth. And, Ruling and uh, reigning. I love it. Yeah. Uh, is the seven-year tribulation 2022 to 2029 time frame correct? 
I with a rod of iron. By, by, by the way, Bob, by the way, with a rod mm-hmm. of iron. With a rod of iron. That's how you got to rule in rain, with a rod of iron. Right. Absolutely, a rod of iron. You know, that's where, um, you know, the, 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 the world's going to be ruled at, with a rod of iron with the beast system. Oh, yeah. Okay, Satan rules. It's going to be a rod of iron. You're going to get the fake deal before you get the real deal. Exactly. Okay. And the whole world's going to be, you know, it's funny because, you know, what happens when the world, when the beast system takes over the world? It completely, you know, it teaches everyone on earth to submit to a Messiah. Yeah. So basically, what's going to happen is the other reason why God wants a seven-year tribulation to take place is because Satan is going to achieve that whole concept to teach everybody about the whole concept of accepting a one Messiah to run the whole earth. They mm-hmm. want to teach everybody to teach uh, to accept the fact that one person runs the whole earth. Okay, we're not there yet. So they're going to do all that work and they're going to create it, and then the Messiah, the fake Messiah, shows up. Okay, and then eventually everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, we don't like this whole. We like this Messiah. We want a different one." That's when Jesus shows up. But the thing <laughs> is, they already did the leg work and got everybody on on the earth ready to accept the concept of a world Messiah. Okay, yeah, they came in and you know they did it all wrong. But <laughs> here's the thing: they did the leg work for them. They the, the, the Antichrist set Jesus up. All Jesus has to do is show up and say, "Hey, everybody, I'm the real Messiah." And everybody's like, oh, he's the Messiah. And the whole world just turns to him. But what, imagine if Jesus showed up right now. Right now, today, showed up. The whole world is not taught to, you know, worship one person. Right. We're not at that point yet, are we? No. None of us, are, except for us who are in the body of Christ. Well, yeah, we would. But that's why we don't have to be here during that other time frame as well. And, right. and by the way, Bob, Jesus said he's not going to come back until... The Jews call out for him. So that's right. the Antichrist is going to have to drive them all the way to the point where they're actually accepting and wanting Jesus to return. Think about right. that. He's, Think about where the Jews are today, uh, you know, as a whole. Sure, there are people that are saved that are Jews, of course. But the nation as a whole, Jesus come back and I'm Jesus and you need to worship me. They'd be like, no, that's not. We're, we're Jews. We, we don't worship you. <laughs> We, we, we're, yeah. we're waiting for our Messiah, and, and, and we already rejected you 2,000 years ago. So, no. Yeah. But yeah. the Antichrist is going to be so bad that even the, that the remnant of Jews are going to call out for Jesus to, to, to return as their Messiah. Yeah. The Antichrist, the, the beast system, is going to prepare the world for the Messiah. And they, they think they're having their kingdom. They think they're having their utopia whole thing going on. They're just paving the way for Jesus. That's all they're doing. Imagine That's this, Bob. Do it. Satan's like, yes, I got my guy in there. I, I'm giving them all this power. And he's like, people are worshiping him. And God's like, I'm Satan, I, I'm using him to have my people, the Jews, receive my son. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a just, I mean, it's, God does that so often, Bob. You, you say that in your videos a lot. And it's just like, and and. Satan tries this, and God's like, nope, I'm going to use that for good. Mm-hmm. It's like he sets the whole thing up, and then he screws it all up. But then <laughs> Jesus shows up, kicks him out of the control box. It's like, right. I'm in control now. And thanks for setting this all up for me. Appreciate it. So now let me show, now since the whole world's watching, let me show you what a real Messiah can do. Okay? Yeah. And the whole world's like, you know, it's just it's just incredible. This, the tribulation period, as bad as it is, it has to happen 
for a multitude of different reasons. Okay, we don't want to see it happen. We hate seeing the birth pains right now. I get it. I hate seeing all the stuff. I hate seeing all the crap they're trying to pull with the uh, with the with the abortions right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, someone talked about it in here. It's like they're trying to get up to like seven days. Forget seven days. They're trying to push to a whole year. Yeah, they are trying to create that narrative. Why for the for the ball worship? You know how they take their mm-hmm. one year olds. You know that, that that's what they're trying to get to. They're trying to get the whole concept. Hey, it's okay to kill kill your child after one year. It's okay, you know, because eventually we're going to have this big bull statue with his hands out that you can put your kid in and burn to death. Yeah, I'm probably going to get kicked off of YouTube for saying that. <laughs> well, maybe, but um, but, maybe. but but Jesus Jesus is going to return um, in His second coming to the earth, and we are going to be right there with Him to to return along with him. So it says that he returns with ten thousands, ten thousand thousand thousands of his saints. So um too many on, on horseback. L- I think uh Ellie Marzuli stated one time he had a he had a dream or vision that he was on a white horse and he said that he didn't like horses very much. He didn't like to ride horses, but he said he was having a good time on that horse. Um so yeah. That's um, that's something that we have to look forward to. It's flying in on a on a horse um, mm-hmm. back down, and having our Lord and Savior rule and reign, and taking instructions from Him to uh, to rule and reign as well during the millennium. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing time the millennium. What did um, L.A. Marzulli call him? The White Horse Police Force. <laughs> <laughs> that what he said? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was great. So uh, we have all the questions. That's all the questions I had. For okay, Chester. that's it for Chester. Okay, all right. So let's see here. Um, let's do this one. As new world order is about to be imposed on Earth, it's high time we'll be gone by then. Okay, that's more of a comment. Sorry about that. Great comment. But great comment. Yeah, no, t- t- Tessa has got a lot of great comments. I was reading um, a lot of her stuff throughout the chat. Um, she's she's right on. She's a great sister in Christ. Um, so welcome. And thank you, Tessa. Oh, I saw this one earlier. Would you please explain seeing 333? I've been seeing that for several weeks now. I've seen it too. You know, the number three is a number of finished lesser to seven. It's also to represent the number of divinity. So when you have 333, it's a finished uh, a finished uh, length of time of divinity. So basically, might maybe a work the Lord is doing for you right now. And that three 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 may be representation of that work beginning or that work ending. Mm. So I'll be looking for signs like that. That's what I think that three 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 stands for. Interesting. Anyone else? Yeah. No, I mean, okay, sounds good to me. I mean, why not? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good. It's good to see that number. Yeah, I love that number. It's a great number. Three's a great number. Three's a great number. Seven seven seven. That's always a good number too. Um, You know, that's a nice number. Three's you know seven. what happens? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what's time when when you see seven 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 on your clock. You know what's time for? Get a new clock. Six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. That would be eight seventeen. So seven 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 is a good thing to 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 see on your clock. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll this read kind this of, one. Yeah, I don't know if this is actually a question, but uh, Sojourner, you can you can just. You know, go through the chat again and let us know. But, oh, uh, yeah, that's like so you're just true. letting us know it's typical post-trib talk. From, it is. From post-trib. Yes. I have to go through the tribulation to show I'm worthy. 
Yeah, well, remember, hold on, John, uh, Bob. This person's not saying that. He's saying that the people who say that, that's post, that's typical post trip talk is that oh, I yeah, have to go close. through tribulation to show that I'm worthy. The apostles suffered. A lot of people suffered. Why am I any different? That's what these, you know, post tribbers talk about. Um, right. I mean, but, but what they don't do is they don't rightly divide the word usually. I mean, they look at John, they're like, Jesus prayed that we would stay with him and, and, and that we would go through that with him. And I'm like, no. Jesus prayed that his apostles would, but he, then he prays to the Father about those who believe what the apostles say afterwards about him and believe in him, and that he and they and he says, "I pray, Father, that you would bring those to me." Aha! Uh-huh. Well, what do you know? What's the Father going to do? He's going to catch us up. He's going to bring us up. So, yeah, I mean, people, those people don't divide the word. They say that Jesus mm-hmm. made one prayer. No, he made two prayers for two different groups. Right. So, right. Yeah, he, told the, he told the apostles they were going to die. Yeah. He yeah. told them. He told them. That's why they went full force when they were fed to the lions. The, the time for us, we're not in that world right now. And by the way, whoever says this, I have a question for them. You're saying that you never suffered once? Okay, well, if, if that's the case, then what have you actually done in order to spread the word, spread the gospel? Uh, because if you start doing that, Believe me, you are going to start getting some persecution, okay? They're calling themselves Jesus when they say, I have, to, I have to suffer. That's what Jesus did. So you might as well call yourself the Savior. Yeah, yeah, well, mm-hmm. sure. Then you can save yourself at that point, right? What's the difference? Well, what makes you worthy, though? The only thing I told you before, the only thing that makes you worthy is the Holy Spirit indwelling within you, God's seed. That's what makes you worthy to go to heaven because yeah. you're a heavenly being now. It has the God, the righteousness of Christ, the Bible says, imputed into us. Okay. And you only receive it by faith. Okay. And I tell you what, having faith, that's uh that's tough for a lot of these people. Just yep. to believe that I have it and it's a gift and I don't have to work for it. We're human beings, I get it. You know, we always gotta earn our own keep. You know, that's, that's just the way we are. Human you don't read the that. word. If you read Bob, the that book, whole first you know. line right there has nothing to do with faith. That's all about me, 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 right. me. I have to go through and I have to do this in order to prove that I can do this. And it's just like, where's Jesus in that first first right. sentence? He doesn't exist. He's not that's, there. That's right. ball worship. Yeah. That's like saying sacrifice your kid so you can be blessed. Yeah. There's yeah. no difference. Yeah. See, any okay. idea if our earthly... Marriage is honored in the millennial kingdom. Um, you know, I think um, just for what the Bible says that uh, Jesus said when we're resurrected, we'll be like the angel, not, not given in marriage. So, but if you are married, mortal, have not died yet, and both you and your spouse are on the sheep side, yeah, you get to stay with your spouse for, you know, however long into the millennial reign. That's an, right. It's an interesting, it's an interesting concept, right? Because I mean, marriage nowadays is like, is like a contract, you know, that the, with the with the state or with the government, pretty much, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you got to get, you know, this certified and this and that. You got to do a blood test beforehand. I mean, it's very official. Um, so, I mean, the question is, Bob, is like, uh, you know. Are, are you? Are, is your marriage going to be sanctioned by the United States of America in the millennial reign? I mean, that, that's a very interesting question. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, I, I do think that I, I do think obviously there's 
look, it's not good for man to be alone. That's that, 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 that doesn't change. I don't think so. Yeah. I think that, that there's, there's certain bonds that are going to, going to last for eternity. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's going to be in a different and slight, you know, different way because we're going to be immortal. But, um, I do think that, you know, having, um, you know, a wife, um, uh, is, is good. Is I can't imagine, like, just think about, you know, your like if your parents are still married, my parents still married. I mean, they've been married for 55 years. I think it's going to be 56 years this year. That's a long time. And then like, oh yeah, you're saved. But uh, you know, now you guys are apart. You're just, I mean, that doesn't sound like a real loving father to me. So I, I do think yeah. there's going to be something there that's going to continue. Well, the Bible says our kids are, are our, eternal inheritance right so if the kids are eternal inheritance then why wouldn't your spouse that you created those kids with also be eternal inheritance interesting you know so that's where um i think uh for what my limited knowledge is uh, you know like i already quoted that verse but yeah you know i think if you have a spouse uh however god 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 will figure it out well, you that's know, the you whole, may that be, was the whole key with that verse, right? Because they were they yeah. were trying to chip him up, like, "Hey, hold on a second. This woman had seven husbands. You know what's going to go on there, Lord?" And he's like, "It's not like that, and it's not like that in heaven. It's a different paradigm." Right. Okay, sure. So he's going to work it out for everybody. Oh, that's what. That's the bottom line: is that whatever it become, whatever it is, it's going to be perfect. We know that. Yeah, you might you might be with your spouse forever, live in the same mansion, and everything. Um, there, there will be some dynamics of the flesh that won't be there no more. And I think everybody knows what I mean. So, yeah, God has this all figured out. I could not imagine not spending eternity with my wife. I can't imagine just, okay, we're separated now. I'll see you on the other side of the galaxy. You know, I'll never see her again. Well, know? let me mention something about that, though, Bob, is that I do know married couples and they're, and even like, <laughs> <laughs> that that would be like if I've got to live with them for eternity, I I don't want to go to that place. So <laughs> yeah. you can say I think, that. I think I think the Bible tells us what it is. God said to become one, to become one in Christ. Right. So if you had seven wives or seven husbands, you're going to be with the one that He wanted you to be with. If you left seven people, you divorce those people. Those you no longer have a union with them. Well, in this so, case, though, it was like. A guy died, and then of course she, they married. He, she married his brother, and then he died. So he married the other brother. Right. Okay. So he God died. will right. And that's, I think in, uh, God will sort that out on His own. But if yeah. you walk into the kingdom with your wife, that's a union forever. Well, I do wonder though if you're going to be able to petition the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, I've had to live with this person for the last sixty <laughs> years, and I just really can't stand it anymore. Are you really going to make me live with them for eternity? <laughs> when my when my wife can fly and do whatever she wants, she'll be busy. So, you know, she's that's the other thing too is that yeah, we're yeah. I think we're, yeah, I mean the she fact is. that that we'll be able to travel, um, you know, into the earth, into the heavens, into the new heaven, the new we're, earth. I mean, we're, we're going to have a lot yeah, of things. Yeah. We're thinking like an earthly man. When you sure. become spiritual, it's a whole, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, Greg, you mentioned last week, we're not going to get tired, are we? Uh, no. I mean, we're going to be in new bodies. Think of what how Christ was when he was re- resurrected. I think he's a perfect example yeah. of the perfect body, of the whole glorified body. It's true. right? Well, he after, is a, he's an example of that. After Jesus was resurrected. Because- I was gonna say, you if you don't sleep, if you stay awake, it it can kill yeah, you. Sure, yep. 
it's 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 uh it sucks the energy right out of you. It's just it's bad for your health not to sleep. That's right. all definitely not. But it never talked sleep. about Jesus sleeping after he resurrected. By the way, you noticed that he didn't go yeah. go there, go in the midst of them, and then stay the night and sleep. No, no, it was just like he left. He was gone. He came and went. I mean, so he yeah, there was no sleeping going on there. So I got to yeah. think that you know, if you're immortal, why would you need sleep? Your body's not the same. You're, it's, there's no blood going through it anymore. You right, know, it's right. a different body. There's no call. There's no call for those things to be repaired. That's why there's yeah. two reasons why we sleep. One, our body needs to repair itself, right. so we don't die eventually. And two, um, the Lord also speaks to us in our dreams, so we have to quiet everything down. There's a lot of reasons why we have to sleep, but once we're, once we're resurrected, we don't have to sleep no more. I mean, right now we don't sleep. Our spirit, my spirit, doesn't sleep. My body does. Sure. My spirit continues. <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going, sure. you know. That's and for sure. You proved that tonight. Yep. <laughs> You're on a roll nice. tonight. Nice, I said that earlier, Jen. I'm like, Bob is on a roll tonight. <laughs> Call me butter. I'm on a roll. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, question. I heard that Muslims want to take Israel out before July 8th. 2022 is this a prophetic timeline is this on your charts there bob What's yeah bob say? what do you got for july 8th well, my this birthday. would be ezekiel 38 that's what this would be i believe uh-huh. or the psalm 83 war or uh, what's the other one um isaiah what's the other one well seventeen's damascus yeah yeah so yeah you know that's uh you know i heard somebody talk say some really interesting about you know how russia everybody thinks that russia is going to be the one that comes down and attacks mm-hmm. Israel for the oil. But, you know, in that, and I can't quote it right now, but I know in the book of Ezekiel, I saw somebody uh, uh, lay out in the book of Psalms about those areas that are mentioned in the book of Ezekiel. And King David lived in those areas. Mm. Okay. And he called out the name of those areas that King David was living in at those times. And people think that those Meshach or something like that, um, something they think of Rosh, oh, Moscow. Yeah, they think it's Moscow that's coming down to the attack and Israel. Is when, yeah, when was King David in Russia? He was right. never in Russia. But yet those those areas are mentioned in the book of Ezekiel that people think is Russia, but it's not because David lived in those areas. Hmm. Okay, so it's not, it's not going to be Russia. I could be wrong, but she says here, she says here that it'd be Muslims surrounding. I see it'd be one hundred percent Muslims surrounding mm-hmm. the Ezekiel thirty eight war. According mm-hmm. to that study, it could be total, and that's what the person. I, I can't remember that. Who I got I wasn't ready to talk about that. Sorry, but I think it's it's just going to be one hundred percent Muslim nations surrounding Israel for the Ezekiel thirty eight war. That's what I believe it's going to be. It's going to be Ishmael versus Jacob. Zico 38. Cage match to the death. Mm-hmm. That's Interesting. right. Interesting. All right. What about those 144,000? Where are they hiding? <laughs> Where are they hiding? Where are they um, hiding? Great question. Yeah. They're probably uh, they're male Jews, 12,000 from each tribe. I don't think and... they're necessarily hiding. I mean, they, they obviously haven't haven't come to the, to the, the, right. the, the belief in Jesus Christ yet. Exactly. So I would think that's, that's probably right. post-rapture. I would think the rapture has quite a bit to do with the 144,000. Um, that's just my guess. Is like mm-hmm. rapture happens, these guys are like, whoa, 
uh, hold on a second here. Let me do some research here. It's like, okay. And then the Holy Holy Spirit falls upon them and they ultimately get sealed. Right. I mean that I can Mm -hmm. see that being something. So where are they hiding? I don't necessarily think they're hiding. I think that they're they most likely are alive and that they are, um, they're waiting. They're, they're waiting. I mean, basically they're waiting for the rapture to happen. I think they're not married. We know that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I heard somebody right. lay it out to me too that it was 144,000 children that were slain by Herod two yeah, years yeah. later, and they're going to be resurrected and walk the earth and perform these miracles as a deterrent from the Antichrist and his army, a supernatural force on the earth, and then they're taken up into heaven halfway through with the uh, with uh, Elijah and Moses, the two witnesses. That's I heard that. I think that's pretty plausible, but you know, because the Bible says they uh, they never knew a woman, right. so they never knew a woman or anything like that. They're they're virgins, so a child, baby, that would be a virgin. There's, I mean, um, there's, you know, hey, there that that could that could be too. That's, I mean, that's yeah. a really good theory. The, it's an interesting theory, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's really good. But what we do know is that one day there will be 144,000 that are that, that are preaching the gospel, basically, and witnessing. Um, uh, during the tribulation period, and they're going to be sealed and not be under the wrath of God as well. So, yeah, uh, we do know that. So, but I don't, I don't think there's going to be much crossover between us and them. I don't think that. I think that when they come on um, the scene, that we are going to be gone. That it doesn't make sense that we both need to be here at the same time. Right. right. Anyone else on that? Exactly. Anybody else? Uh, Joe, there we go. No, you got no, I think I think Kevin's spot on. Okay, or Bob's spot on, or his, or the person he said the theory is spot on. <laughs> yeah, but Butters is spot on. Yeah, I just have to, I just have to regurgitate like a thirty-minute video in like thirty seconds. Go. So, <laughs> <just> gonna... <laughs> oh, I, I love this question. Revelation twenty-one-one: A new heaven and a new earth. Well, if heaven's perfect, why have a new one? That's something that you're going to have to ask God. I mean, <laughs> I don't think any of us. He's, know why God's going to make a new uh, heaven. I think we understand why he must make a new earth because he's going to send down fire and devour uh, the earth. And it says the earth's going to pass away. So the earth's going to have to get re, uh, you know remade. But, um, you know, other thing, too, is that, look, Satan and his angels were in the, the third heaven and Satan is still there today. So Satan is ultimately going to kick de- get kicked out. So my only, I'm just going to guess and just say God's going to be like, I want something that Satan was never in. You know, Satan is gone forever. He's in the lake of fire. I'm going to make all things new. That's right. And they're going to be perfect. And they're never, ever again going to be um, any sin found within anything, heaven or earth. Yeah. That's. That's what I my guess is, but you know you're going to have to ask God for the for the real I, answer. I agree with you on that, Kevin, because where did where did sin originate from? Yeah, yeah, it originated uh, that 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 iniquity was found within Satan, and that iniquity was found within Satan when he was in the third heaven. So maybe God's like, you know, I know it's perfect here, I know it's pure, but the fact that he was here, God and then he goes down the <laughs> woman. He goes down and deceives the woman. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Joe? I just kind of came up with that. Yeah, but no, I, I got a question. Waiting, 
to say God makes all things new, and then Kevin hit it. Yeah, he yep. makes all things I mean, new. You know, I'm just thinking, like, what what if it were me? I mean, boy, it's hard to put yourself in God's shoes because it's just impossible. He's way up there. But I mean, I'm thinking just as me. I'm like, if I had a chance, and like something was like like bad, like say, say I had a drink and it like had a fly in it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take that fly out. You're like, okay, I can drink this now. And you're like, yeah. do I really want to drink it? Or can I just, and you just have like, just like unlimited supply of whatever you're drinking. You're just like, you know what? Ah, nuke, okay, that's fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good stuff. I mean, I'm just thinking of it as, as just like, God did make us in his image. So he could be like, you know what? I don't want anything tainted. I want it all new and good and fresh. Okay. Very true. I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I do believe that. <laughs> I'm wondering also, too, is that the new heaven and the new earth also plays a role in our ability to travel through it. Mm. Uh, Maybe there are certain uh, limitations of uh, first heaven to third heaven's travel. Oh, I like that. God's like, you know what? I'm going to change all that. You know, this worked out good the first time, but now I got some far better. You know, I got some. Yeah, he's got like super connected tubes and stuff like that now, you know? (laughs) Travel by the speed of thought. You know, oh, and that the whole universe would be the speed of thought. You can oh. go anywhere. You could travel galaxies away, speed of thought. You know that, what's amazing, Bob, is that he's going to have things even more amazing than that because it says that we can't even imagine those things. So you're imagining some really cool things, but God's guy, God's going to be like, hey, Bob, remember when you thought of those things? Well, guess what? Take a look at this. You're going to be like, whoa. <laughs> I, I couldn't even have thought of that. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. (laughs) I think we're going to be saying that a lot now. Didn't see that coming. Nope. (laughs) All right. Question with so many unpleasant things happening all around us as a believer, what is the best thing we can tell non-believers right now? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. I mean, it's time to come to the Lord. (laughs) Give him my book, The Road of 2024. Oh, I think There's I got that. Right but you know what, though? This book right here? Yeah. See it? So, you know what? Joe's like, I don't have that book. Joe, you need to get this book. This book is written by Bob Barber. <laughs> it is The Road to 2024. You know, Shortly, I am I'm followed up by a sequel to the, the Road to 2030 or something. But at least the Road to 2024 for now. I've reached non-believers with this book. You know, and people told me that bought the book. And, you know, this, I wrote this book to be a prophetic, like, apocalyptic, apocalyptic book. So people may not read the Bible, but they like to read apocalyptic stuff. And when they see this, they're like, you know, there's something very apocalyptic about it, but I do hide the gospel in there. Okay, so you start, you'll start learning the gospel as you're reading through all this apocalyptic stuff. You know, so the Bible might get banned, but how, how, after the Bible's banned and everything, maybe hopefully this book can go a little bit further after the Bible's banned. You know, you know, Bob, in all seriousness about this question, though, you know, the one thing you could do is you could just say, so how do you think things are going? <laughs> you know, you could just open it up with a question like, how, are, how do you think the world's going right now? Do you, you know, are things are things getting better? <laughs> you know, and then they just open up that kind of conversation. And then most likely they'll say, no, actually, things are getting worse. And you can, and then that will open up a door where you can go, you, you know, where it talks about things getting worse before they get better. 
It's called the Bible. It, it says exactly these things that are happening today. Do you think there's lawlessness? Let me look. Let me show you this verse. So you can you can just kind of you know take take their well, how they're feeling about things and say, look, this this book, this this word of God, this inspired word actually has answers in here. It's not. This is not just something to, to be played around with because this thing has predicted the future and we are in that future right now. So you can use like that kind of prophecy stuff to um, to lead them into, you know, why you have the hope that you have. And and you can say, you know, but I don't have fear. I mean, if, if I were to, to die tomorrow, I, I know exactly where my fate is. I know where I'm going. Do you? I mean, yeah, you start bringing up stuff like that because, look, no one's secure these days. No one's sitting there going, look, I know for a fact I'm going to live for the next 50 years. I mean, I don't think anyone's thinking that. I, I think maybe if you're like, you know, 18 years old, you're like, oh, I'm going to live till I'm 100. Don't worry. Okay, well, um, you know, but anybody maybe older than that is going to be is going to be like, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. So how are things going for you? <laughs> yeah, I think that opens up doors. Lead them to the word. Yep. Say, listen, this this book is prophetic. Right. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. This book is prophetic. And you could even tell them that over twenty five hundred prophecies have come to pass to the letter. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the Dr. Hugh Ross, uh, you know, um, research. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there's no book like it. There's no book like it that can have that many prophecies come to pass. And the, the odds of that are staggering. It's got an answer Take for everybody. It's, I mean, people like someone just said, oh, they'll just scoff at you and just talk about their riches. There are so many verses that talk about people's riches and, and how they're just going to be worthless and how they're just going to perish. And what good are they? Um, just show them all those things and say, look, this, this is where it tells you about what's going to happen to you and your riches. Yeah. Well, you've heard that acronym like the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, you know, uh, basic instructions before leaving Earth. That's right. That's that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you know, this is like a, it's almost like a terms and agreement, yeah. a long terms and agreement. Who likes to read long terms and agreement? Nobody, but it's, Nobody. you know, the, the faith comes by hearing the message, right? <laughs> but at so, least click on, I accept, <laughs> right? Come on. So, See, that's a, that's a tough question. See, cause I'm, I'm trying to understand the context and how it applied to my experience with people. The person saying, with so many unpleasant things happening around the world, as a believer, what is the best thing we can tell non-believers right now? So the only time I've ever had anybody in, in my family ask, you know, what is going on? What's with this craziness? Was during the CVD, right? They were stuck in their house. They were watching the news. And I had somebody in my family, Joe, what is going on? What is all this craziness? And this is a Roman Catholic believer. And I said to her, I said, you know, God told us about these things. It would be deceptions. But the key thing is to have faith, know that you're protected by the blood of Christ and you will be completely fine. And then they looked at me like glitched. OK, yeah, right. so, yes, when you say they'll scoff at you, but I've never that's true. When you tell them about the things in the Bible, when they don't read it, right, they look at you like you don't know what you're talking about because they don't know. What they're, they don't know what's in the word. A person that's been in the word knows exactly what's going on. When all this showed up, there were people in our community that had pre-worn knowledge and dreams and visions from God and the Holy Spirit about what was happening, including myself. And 
the people, I rarely have anybody ask me, Joe, what's going on? Because they're in the world. So like, I would love to have the opportunity to explain this to people or non-believers that say, hey, Joe, what's going on? If they're talking about gas prices or food prices, we have nothing to talk about. That, that means nothing. That's all fabricated, right? Hmm. So I don't know how many times people have asked you, maybe in your circles, they've been like, oh, what's going on? But if they know you by now, you, they know your answer, which is, you know, we're in the end times is going to be deception and deceit. But most people are going to scoff at you. But it's your job mm -hmm. to tell them, have faith. And with that <laughs> experience with the person in my family, uh, when I told her that, and this is a woman that's been with the Roman Catholic Church for 40 years, um, she thought that I had some form of CVD that affected my brain, you know, like, and that's because she doesn't read the Bible. So, but even unbelievers right now are, are looking around going, wait a minute, things are kind of upside down. Uh, yeah. But what, what, I mean, the people that are still collecting on their 401ks and their pension, they're not worried about it. They may watch TV and be like, Oh, these people are crazy, but they're still, in my opinion, they're still in the political paradigm where they think at midterms, we're going to fix this problem. <laughs> right you sit around them you sit around them, at the house. Worse, man. you sit around them at the house and they sit down if your father-in-law your mother-in-law or somebody in your family and you're like oh i can't wait wait for the midterms man we're gonna solve this problem and i'm thinking to myself guy do you have any idea what's going on like do you have any idea any the things happening in the world you, yeah. you're right like do you really think that they let you be in control of decision making yeah, no. and by no, the way, and no, seriously, day, seriously though, I mean, at the after the midterms, Bob Lind, Lindsey Graham is is gonna oh bring gonna bring in Hunter Biden. He's gonna investigate him right there in the Senate floor. I I, I know it's gonna happen, Bob. I can feel it. Right. You got Elon Musk on Twitter talking about this and that, and he's off the board. <laughs> and I'm like, you're telling oh, me no. you think this guy made it? You think you think Tesla created all this technology? And you know, like. You can't conversate with these people, and that's why it's our community online, and, and it, like locally, it's a tough situation for people. Here we go with Elon Musk again. I mean, this yeah. guy is the savior of free speech, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the guy who uses free speech to his own gain, let's be honest. I mean, he does. He's used free speech in order to prop up his stuff. So, I mean, look, he's not going to be here to come save you. I can tell you that right no. now. They're, uh, they're dissolving America right now. They're moving all their assets and powers over to the East now. They're, the globalists are moving everything to the East now. They're done with the West. Okay. Mm. They're basically telling America, hey, look, you're not riding, you're not riding our gravy train no more. We're taking mm. this thing down. We have other plans now. We're moving on. So we're shutting it down. Sorry. And that's what you see happening right now. And so it just gets worse for the West going forward, especially in the tribulation. So it's going Wait, off. Off the rails on a gravy train? Is that what I hear? Yeah, we're not. We, we don't get to ride the gravy train no more. Hey, thank you. Hey, we. I know we got the dollar here. I know we established it for you Americans. And it was a world reserve, but we're moving on to something better, and we're leaving you way behind. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> One thing is very serious, though, Greg, and we're we're going to need to talk about it next week because we're already going over time, and and, and Greg uh, the, yeah, probably yeah. his so his and the episode Homer getting though. restless. But um. Uh, there is one thing we're going to need to discuss next week, and because somebody was in chat talking about could Satan and Jesus be brothers, and um, we, we we can discuss that next week and how no they are not brothers. Uh, it's way different than that. So um, I just wanted to make sure that we did um, you know recognize that 
Yeah, and, let's, uh, let's recognize this question too, and yeah. maybe we can close with this also. Uh, what would you say to us to help a saved person who feels abandoned by God? Mm. A saved person who feels abandoned by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, listen, a lot of times, let's and let's be really honest here, when a person feels abandoned by God, they have usually put themselves in a pretty bad spot, right? Through choices that they've made on their own, not choices that God did, but choices that the person did. And that God is not the one that removes himself from you, but you actually remove yourself from God. So what would I say to help a saved person who feels abandoned by God? I would say it's the first thing, get closer to him. Get closer to him. You reach and you go go get closer. And how do you do that? By getting into the word. By getting into the word. That is that has got to be like number one. Like get back into the word. Read some Psalms. Read some, you know, some of some of the epistles. Psalms are great, man. When you feel like you're abandoned by God, read some Psalms because David was like, God, what's going on here? You know, um, but remember, David did put himself in some of those situations as well. But then there were some other situations where it was just like, David's like, come on now, God, you got to come through for me here and there. But then, then of course, like another Psalm you'll read, you'll be, David's just praising the Lord. And he's just like, Lord, you were there with me during these times, you know, and, and, and stuff when I needed you, um, you know, praise and worship. And the next thing you know, you're, you're going to feel closer to him. And you're going to know that he has not abandoned you, that he's actually just waiting for you to come back to him. Amen. Amen. I like that. Amen. Amen. All right. And uh, let's let's not forget also, you know, that uh, Jesus loves you and he's with you. You know, if it was it was just a quick, simple thing, you only had a couple seconds to talk to that person. Right. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves you. All right. He didn't abandon you and he won't abandon you. Never. That's a lie of the devil, man. That's a lie. Lies yeah, of the devil. big lie. Yeah. All right. That's a, what's God done for you? He's not there with you right now. You know, you've sinned against him, and so he's 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 fled from you. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the devil talking. Yep. Um, the Lord is there. He's he's waiting for you with open arms. He's going to take you back um, anytime you want to go. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime I have felt distant from God, uh, I learned that. Um, it was an opportunity for a blessing. Having mm. faith in Christ, he's giving you an opportunity for a blessing. A lot of people prayed out to God throughout the Bible, and the answers came in time. And every single time, having faith, he's giving you an opportunity for a reward, no matter how bad it is in your life, whether you lose your husband, your spouse, your child, your job, whatever it may be. Having that faith is giving you a blessing. That's where the real moment of faith comes in is when you're all alone, when you're in a room or in a cell, or in a hospital bed, or in the middle of the desert, or you're kidnapped, whatever it is, it's that very moment where you can't hear anything, but you know that God and the armies of heaven are just watching you and giving you the opportunity to to get a blessing and just say, my son or daughter knows that I'm coming. And it's just an opportunity for a blessing. As hard as it is to understand and see, believe me, he knows. There were people that were in prison and, and, and... a lot of stories come out of these people overseas that were in prison and were tortured and tortured for years. And God was always with them. 
Here's the other thing too, is like, if a person does say, look, I've done nothing wrong. I, I, I've done absolutely nothing wrong. I am not in sin. I'm not doing this and that. I mean, then th- if that person said it to me, I'd be like, wow, then you're kind of like going through a job moment, aren't you? Where you're like, I'm, I'm righteous. I'm holy. And all these bad things are happening to, to me and the Lord's letting them happen. Well, guess yep. what? You must be really favored because yep. guess what happened to Job after all that? <laughs> he was rewarded big time, wasn't he? Yep. He got it all back and way then some. So hold on, hold on for that because it, obviously you're going to get rewarded sooner or later. And maybe it's the reward that comes with the rapture and that God's like, look, you ne- you never turned your back on me. And you said you never said to me, you know what, I'm going through all these troubles. The Lord says, um, you know, that I that he hates me and this and that. And you can say, well, it seems like you, he's abandoned me because I'm 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 there. Well, it could be a test. The Lord could be testing mm-hmm. your faith. I mean, you never know. But I can tell you this. Don't do not do not lose faith, uh, because that's when the, the can start getting in there. And if you don't have roots. Uh, you know, you could be swept away. And then uh, were you ever really saved at that point? That becomes an interesting question. So don't, yes. don't go there. <laughs> don't, don't get don't too into there. that area because, you know, you don't, you don't, you want to be strong. You want to put your armor on every single day. And um, I'm telling you, just, I, I think a lot of people who feel like they've been abandoned, you ask them, how much time do you spend reading the Bible? Boy, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, the most, most of the time, the answer is like, I don't. And it's just like, you know, well, mm-hmm. get, get in the word. Even Jesus, I got one question to say. Too. I got one question to say is that uh, when um, when um, <clears throat> when is the teacher silent when you're testing? When you're being <laughs> tested, that's when the teacher is silent. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And when the testing's over, and then you start communicating again. So just remember that as well. There are times where where you need to go through something and God is letting you go through it and, and, and getting and you're going through that stuff. So, yeah, there, he may not do it on your timeline. Never. But, um, you know, God is his ways are higher than ours. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. I think we can leave it there. Um, and if it be God's will, see you next week.